everybody, and welcome to the Psychic Hour. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my sister, co-host, and all psychic things, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It is good. I, I laid down this afternoon, and now I'm like, I gotta wake the hell up here, people. <laughs> but other than that, it's good. <laughs> well, very good. It is really, really super freaking cold here. Oh, it was minus seven when we got up with like a, a wind chill of minus 12. And mm -hmm. I have not left the house today because, oh, it's biting. It. Yeah, we got up. It was minus seven here, too, with the wind chill of minus 16 when I first took the dogs out to their first potty and the pigs. And they were, you know, they didn't even like that. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. But the sun has shown all day. So it's been really cold, but sun shining. So, you know, would you like that? Yeah, yeah, it has been a beautiful day, but yeah, cold, cold, cold. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say hi to our chatters, Barbara, GB, Lana, Amy, good to see everybody. Barbara, look how cold it is in Tucson. Listen to me, we are going to be in Tucson in the middle of March, and it better be warm, okay? That's all. Mm -hmm. I'm not making any threats, but... <laughs> <laughs> By hell, it better get better. We will be fleeing early spring in Idaho, and it better be decent. <laughs> She's right. like, I'll just dial that up for you. Yeah. Right. Well, GB, GB says it's minus 20 yes. in Canada, which, yeah, my apologies for our whininess for our minus seven, but yes, it's pretty much once you get below zero, um, Oof. it just doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's just all hellaciously cold. Mm -hmm. that, that's a hard boo right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we have a funeral on Monday and the burial is uh, from whence we came, where we were born, a little tiny place in Idaho that's at the base of the Teton Mountains, the Teton Mountain Range mm -hmm. uh, as a part of the Rocky Mountains. And it gets horrifyingly cold up there in the winter. And that's where the gravesite is. So hard yikes. <laughs> right? Oh, dang it. It'll be really cold up there. Yeah. But we'll do it, by God. We're not wimps. <laughs> we are huge wimps, but we are, but we're also actually much tougher. We can we we talk a whiny game, but we're actually pretty tough. We've lived here all our lives. So I think so. I think so. Yes. Oh, Alexis said it's 40 in Santa Cruz and it makes her bones ache. I do get that though. I do. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't live with this kind of yeah. cold and you know, 40 would be cold if you're not used to it. Amy had snow this morning and it's supposed to be in the sixties next week. What, what in the, yep. Bar oh, Paula, you're speaking my language. She said, there's no such thing as bad weather, only poor clothing choices. You know, yes. I worked in early childhood for 10 years and that was the going saying there's no bad weather. There's just bad clothes because kids have to go outside and play every day, regardless of how cold it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can't stand them, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, they need to go run that energy off. <laughs> I, I, I kid. <laughs> it's for their social and emotional development, of course. <laughs> of course. Well, as per our normal question around here, what did you make for dinner? Or have for dinner? I, I had a can of soup. Rhonda's not feeling very well and she didn't want anything. So oh. I had a very exciting can of soup. Wow. Wonderful. It was thrilling. I decided at six o'clock that I really wanted to make lasagna for dinner. I thought we had lasagna noodles in the cupboard, to be fair. We did not. So I ran into town to the grocery store, grabbed everything I need, needed, ran home, and threw together a lasagna as fast as I could to get it in the oven before I needed to get on the air so that when I get off the air, well, we'll have lasagna. Nice. <laughs> and I made it with like eight minutes to spare. I'm impressed. Look at this. GB had chicken lasagna and Caesar salad. Oh, nice. And Amy had leftover beef stew. Well, on a cold day like today, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Oh, she, Amy says in Oklahoma, if you don't like the weather, wait an hour. They they say that in Idaho, except for it's more like if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm familiar That's with true. the sentiment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, oh, Barbara's batch cooking. So a little bit of everything. Oh, that's so smart. Mm. I wish I did that. I've done it a couple times and I don't know. I I don't know if it helps me. <laughs> my problem is once I have it all cooked, then I don't want it anymore. 
Yeah. And it sits in the freezer forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've kind of been that way too. But that's apparently not being a good enough cook for that, I think, but <laughs> or planning well enough or I don't know what. Something. There's something wrong with me. Hey, yo, how's it going? Good to see you. So, oh, RV said no dinner just yet leaving work. Well, listening to us on their drive home. Well, good. We're glad you're here. Yes, we are. So we thought it might be fun to have a miracles show. You know, we've all experienced miracles in our lives. Uh, big ones and little ones. And I thought it might be fun for Christy and I to share some of the miracles that we've experienced in our lives and open the floor for you guys to share some miracles with us. I'm going to tell you that uh, YouTube will listen or they will limit how much you can type. And so if you have a long story, you might hop over onto the YouTube or the Facebook stream to share it. Or, you know, just do it in parts and that's okay too. But just yeah. so you know, YouTube has been an issue with that in the past. So, yeah. <laughs> Barbara says her thin husband is actually a locust. He eats everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't he lucky? Oriana is having baked ziti. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, Amy. I, I don't think we're that much different, are we? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Except for they get the ultra hot days and we get the ultra cold days. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I hate to say it, but I'll, I'll take the cold ones. Me too. I can't the major heat. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what we were thinking about. So, hey, Cranky. We experienced a lot of miracles when our parents were passing. And so we had a few of those to share. I had a couple other thoughts that I had. So, Christy, when you think about miracles in our lives, what's one of the first things that you think about or in your life? Um, well, I mean, honestly, the, the, the day before our dad died, we had a miracle that, mm -hmm. that I will never forget. And it actually is related to the, the funeral that we're going to on Monday. Yeah. Our dad's tender yeah. thing happening. Yeah. Yeah. Our dad's first cousin, Dennis, who was very close to my dad and they were good friends. And my dad, even though he lived quite a ways away, he would come for a haircut and, you know, they, they just remained close as adults. Mm -hmm. and well, and they grew up down the lane from each other. They did, yeah. That's and their true. mothers were sisters, and their dads were brothers. Right. And the right. families were just extremely close. They were, yeah. So, sadly, Dennis passed this week, and so we are going to his funeral on Monday. Um, but that got us thinking about the day before our dad passed away. It was... I don't know if any of you have been with someone through hospice, but it is very challenging. But you can tell when people are getting close. And he had been for a while. He was pretty much just speaking gibberish most of the time and um, talking about our mom a lot. Stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, doing crazy things. And so what happened is that he he had this fairly lucid day. Where all of a sudden he's talking to us and making sense and stuff. And one of the things that he asked for was a blessing. And Mormons do, Mormon men uh, do a particular kind of blessing. And he wanted a blessing like that. Well, you know, there's a whole other thing. We won't get into it. But anyway, only certain Mormon men can do one of those. Let's just put it that mm -hmm. way. And so we were trying to find somebody to do it and try. We had actually thought of Dennis, but he lives quite a ways away. And we were mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to get a hold of him and weren't. Well, we had a neighbor down the road who had been incredibly kind to our oh, dad right. all the way through his passing. So we had, you know, wondered about running down there, or, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we were just kind of feeling a little frantic because everything mm -hmm. was frantic. I mean, he'd been running a fever of 107. If you can imagine what that must be like. Mm -hmm. And then the doorbell rang and we opened the door and there's Dennis standing there on the doorstep. And he says, well, I was just in the area for work and I just had this feeling I should stop by mm -hmm. and see how things are going, you know, and it was just. Well, and he it was, was like in tears on the doorstep, you know, yeah. it's like he just had like, this. He just, he knew, mm -hmm. he knew and he came and he gave our dad the blessing and you know, basically released him and said, it's okay for you to go. Everybody's mm -hmm. okay. It, you know, we're going to be all right. It's okay for you to pass. And then mm -hmm. after that, dad had like several hours of the most lucid 
time he'd had in mm-hmm. weeks and weeks. And he mm-hmm. had the opportunity to like talk to each of us individually and tell us all mm-hmm. goodbye. And his siblings and his were brother. there. And yeah. yeah, we had a bunch of family there. And and so we all got this just unbelievable experience mm-hmm. that it all started because Dennis just knew he Dennis needed to up. show up that day. And he did. He was at a meeting in a town about 30 miles away. And he said when he got on the highway to head home, his car went the other way. And he yeah. just knew, nope, Kenny needs he, me and I got to go. Yeah. 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 And that was a crazy, that was just a crazy moment of like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we're getting a little help mm-hmm. today because he passed yeah. the next day. I mean, this yeah. was, he passed about 24 hours after that. Yeah. Uh, so that was a huge um thing you know it was just crazy Mm -hmm. it was and then he's always been special to us but that just you know you can imagine how much that endeared him to us yeah yeah and then we learned last friday that he he was also a cancer survivor he just finished up chemo in september yeah and then uh just recently contracted covid and ended up in the hospital with covid pneumonia and we received word last friday that he was intubated and it just that's that's not yeah. good news. And yeah. then of course he passed on Tuesday morning. And you know, his wife had texted us and said, Hey, just so you know, this is going on. And I just know Kenny's just right by his side yeah. helping him fight. And oh my God, we were gutted. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. There's so much, but when someone is passing like that, there's just so much heaven in the room. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so there amazing. Is. But our mom had cancer as well. And when she was diagnosed, she had a dream about her grandmother and her grandmother had cancer and had been extremely special to her and passed when she was about 14. And just, it was a really huge loss for her in her life. But she uh, woke up in the middle of the night and was dreaming about her grandma being like in her face, talking at her. And she woke up and her hand was pressed on her breast and she could feel a lump and it scared the crap out of her. And she just brushed it off and went, oh my God, I don't want to think about this. Our dad already had cancer. And so like, it was just unfathomable. So she ignored it, did nothing for about five days and this, and it happened again. And she woke up knowing with that hand pressed up against that lump again with waking up from a dream where her grandma was like in her face talking at her. Yeah. And she was like, okay, I gotta go. So she went to the doctor and found out that she had a very aggressive form of breast cancer and within days had had a mastectomy was starting chemo. Like it all happened really, really fast, but she always said that she felt like her grandma, Alice got her there, you know, got her attention. attention. She knew and made her pay attention to it and go to the doctor that right. always blew me away. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Uh, a Mormon blessing is not like Catholic last rites. Mormon blessings can be all for all kinds of reasons, for mm-hmm. illness or for grief or an injury. It can be for lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty common in the Mormon church. But when yeah. people are passing, it's really common to give them a blessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about a time when I really needed to quit my job. I had a home daycare. I had a home daycare for 10 years and I closed it a couple of times to direct commercial centers and then went back home because that turned out to be way better working for yourself, you know, and, but at any rate, um, I was really burned out, like really burned out, but it was good money and tough to walk away from that. But I had taken a second gig with the state uh, mentoring childcare facilities, you know, cause I've been in the uh, field for so damn long and I had a degree. And so, you know, I was mentoring other like facilities with newer owners and things. And in my heart, I just really wanted to transition to where that's all I was doing and close my own center. But it was just hard to do. And some of the kids I had, I'd had since they were babies and they were, you know, like almost at school age. It was just, it was hard to walk away from. Sure. And then, and my mom had been telling me for so many months, close that freaking daycare. You're exhausted. You're done. Yeah. Do something else. Everybody was telling me because <laughs> the plan was right. to do that till my kids were in school. 
Well, now my kids have been in school for years and I was still doing daycare. And anyway, uh, I had a, a health inspection. So you have a health inspection every year, of course, you know, normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I failed the health inspection because, don't worry, nothing terrible, but, well, but it was my well, because I live rural and we're on a well. My well failed the health inspection, meaning that our water wasn't safe, which was concerning since, you know, we live here and drink the water. Right. So they have you do a thing called shocking your well, where you pour a bunch of bleach down into it and it sits in the well for a little while and then you run your faucets for like an hour to rinse all the bleach out of it. It's awful. It burns your eyes. It just, you smell bleach, taste bleach forever. So we shocked the well and still failed. So she had me wait about a week and shock the well again. And we still failed. And I'm a little nervous since uh, we do drink this water, but nobody had been sick. Like I didn't really have any indications that the water was actually making us ill. But uh, at any rate, there was an unacceptable level of something in it for the state. And I finally decided this is this is my answer. My mom was like, do you need to be hit in the forehead? Like, this is it. Close. This is your moment, you know? And I went, this is my moment. So I decided I'm going to do it. I'm going to close. So I let the state know I would wanted to take more clients on and just transition to more to that work. And I decided that I was going to go ahead and uh, I let all my families know that I was going to close. And the state lady was like, oh, no, no, no. I am not going to let you close. And I'm like, oh, honey. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Yeah. She's like, I cannot okay. let you fail. She she sent me a bunch of information on some uh, sanitation thing I could put on my well that was like $5,000. You know, all of these ideas. She's like, we are not, let, we will not close you. And I was like, you will. And I said, actually, you don't have to close me. I'm closing me, you know. But anyway, she showed up like the day I closed and said, I'm just going to check your water one more time because I'm just heart sick to close your center. You've been here forever. I, you know, I've always really enjoyed you here. And this just seems so wrong. So, but I'd already closed. I was done. My families had moved on. And guess who's, uh, well, passed their inspection. No problemo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it was sober. Daycare was done. And I was finally free to move on. And it was huge for me. And to me, that is one of my miracles for sure. That is cool. That is very cool. Well, I will tell you that another miracle for me is when Idaho legalized marriage marriage equality. So my wife and I were married in Utah in 2013. We'd already had like a church commitment ceremony, all that stuff. But we went and we got legally married at the end of 2013. Mm -hmm. And then Idaho's... um, constitutional ban on same-sex marriage came up there was a a lawsuit had been a lawsuit for quite a long time against Mm it and um the court came up in the ninth circuit district court and they shot it down and said this is unconstitutional you can't do this and so the governor of course vowed and they you know they tried to fight it and everything but ultimately what happened is that Idaho inadvertently legalized same-sex marriage. And so our marriage went from uh, legal only in Utah to legal in the state of Idaho where we lived mm-hmm. overnight. And Rhonda had just changed jobs and she had a job at the state. And I said, I want my insurance. Go yeah. get me on this, on this insurance. Mm-hmm. And so she did. And I immediately went to a doctor because I hadn't been feeling really very well. I'd lost some weight, which without trying, which is not really something that's ever happened to me before. And I just wasn't feeling right. Mm-hmm. And um, the, I told my doctor I had a lump in my throat and she sent me for an ultrasound. And it turned out I had a large thyroid tumor. And this mm-hmm. was like at the end of 2014. By January of 2015, I was having surgery to have my thyroid removed. Yeah. And so I always like to say that um, marriage equality saved my life because it did. Yeah. I didn't have a regular doctor. I couldn't afford to go to a regular doctor. Yeah. So nobody knew that I was growing that tumor that whole time. Yeah. 
And it's led to all kinds of other discoveries about medical stuff that I deal with that had been undiagnosed. And now I'm on good insurance that will cover all that. I'm getting good medical care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is a huge miracle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, When my second baby, well, (laughs) not born, but was conceived, I had two miracles with Matea. Um, The first one was um, when my first baby was six months or six weeks old, I had my parents lived across the street and I had taken him across the street to my mom's. And for whatever reason, I took her car. I'm not even sure now why, but I was actually dropping two daycare kids off at home. Some older like school age kids that just needed a ride home. And so I had ran these girls home and I was coming back uh, home to my, my house, my folks house, driving my mom's cute, uh, fairly new to her Lincoln town car. Mm, and yeah. Two cars in front of me crashed, and one of them ricocheted off and hit me and totaled the car. And I got, I was feeling pretty shocked. It it happened so fast, and it just, like, it was, I don't know, you you know, you've been in, it was a pretty, not a super high-speed crash, like maybe 35, 40 miles an hour. That's fast enough, you know? Oh, yeah. And I got out of the car, and this guy that lives near us that I've known forever and ever was the first one on the scene, and he runs up to me and, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, I don't know. My back kind of hurts. So he literally, like, wrestles me to the ground <laughs> in the gravel and makes me lay there until the ambulance gets there, and I feel so stupid. Well, someone else that was there knew us because we were in our neighborhood and ran to my parents' house and got my dad. So my dad comes back and I'm laying in the gravel and all these people are looking at me. So I'm looking up, you know, and we're waiting for the ambulance. And uh, here comes my dad's face. You know, are you okay? And I said, Dad, it wasn't my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You were driving his one of their cars. Yeah, their new car. And he's like, I don't care about that. You know? <laughs> I remember thinking, oh my God, I felt so bad. Anyway. Um <laughs> so he uh anyway, they loaded me up in the ambulance and started to go to the hospital. And the uh guy, the ambulance, uh, you know, the EMT was asking me lots of questions and I had said that I had a six week old baby and all of these things. Are you allergic to things? You know, all the questions they ask. And suddenly out of nowhere, I blurt out, I think I might be pregnant. And then I was like, what the fuck? Why did I say, what are you talking about? And the ambulance guy was like, oh, well, if you have a six week old baby, ma'am, I think that's very unlikely. Well, I don't know if it was the inspiration going on or just the sheer stubbornness in me that (laughs) that really got me. That his slight. And I went, I said, well, I'm not having any x-rays until I know for sure. And then I forgot because I was in pain. I was hurt. I was quite hurt. And uh, so the steering wheel had driven into my belly and had bruised my liver and injured my spleen. And, you know, and I had whiplash, like I was hurt, you know, luckily not like broken bone hurt, but I was hurt. So I get to the hospital and I don't remember that I said that. I don't think, I don't remember anything. They keep you tied on that board forever. And they did some labs and pretty soon this lady comes in that was a neighbor and she sits with me for a while. She was from admin or the admit department and just saw me come and was just sweet to me. And anyway, pretty soon my husband gets there and my parents get there and the doctor comes in and he makes my parents leave, which again, doesn't give me any kind of clue. And he says, you know, that test you asked for. And I said, yes, but I did not know because I was, I was in shock, you know? Anyway, he says, well, um, that came back positive. So I sit there for a minute and Scott's like, what are we talking about? And I finally said, oh, are you saying I'm pregnant? And poor Scott (laughs) fell into a chair. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can think about it and laugh. Anyway, so then they had to do the special, uh, you know, gowning you correctly and stuff, you know, to protect a, a baby. And at that point, everything was okay. 
uh, and they released me. I was just, uh, you know, again, but they were worried because I was bruised badly in the, uh, the liver and the spleen area. So they said, don't, uh, just go to your regular OBGYN in the morning and get an ultrasound so that you can see what you're looking at here. And so he, uh, I did and the baby was fine. I was about, uh, like I wasn't very far along, like two weeks along, three weeks along. It was brand new. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, at any rate, he said, uh, well, with the injuries you have, it's a miracle that the baby has lived through this. Here's why the airbag never engaged. It was a head on collision That's right. and the airbag never engaged. And the, the police officer said that to me too. He said, I'm really surprised. He said, the car might've malfunctioned. The airbag mm-hmm. should have engaged. And I said, well, as it turned out, had the airbag engaged, I probably would have lost my baby. And that's what the doctor said. He said the airbag would have terminated your pregnancy. He said, there's no way a baby could survive that. So I go along through the pregnancy for a while. And about eight months along, they did an ultrasound and discovered that the baby had a really serious intestinal uh, birth defect. So I said to the doctor, well, what do we do? And he said, go home and pray. Remember, this is Rexburg, Idaho. (laughs) These are praying folks, you know, Mm -hmm. go home and pray. He said, because it's really serious. So we went home and prayed and we went back in a month later and everything was fine. Whatever they thought was, uh, they thought saw there, they didn't see it the next time and she was perfectly fine. And now she's 20 years old and basically taking over the world. So you know, yes, she is. <laughs> I have always felt like that kid had angels with her. She is supposed to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great one. Yeah. Well, we've got lots of stories in the chat. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share before we? No, no. I Let's see what else is coming up in the chat. I thought we might could just use a feel good show. I right? think we could use a feel good show. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea to be reminded of the miracles that happen in our lives mm-hmm. and that happen for other people too. Just like, Hey, you know, sometimes some really amazing stuff happens. We need to remember Absolutely. that. Partly because I think we have so many miracles that we miss. Oh, for sure. You didn't know that because you went this route, you missed that car wreck or you didn't know that because you did this, that didn't happen or whatever. There's so many things we don't know around us. Right. And so it's pretty uh, cool to recognize the ones that we knew. Mary said, I had many. I was once caught in a flood on the mountain, a wall of water and debris behind me, 120 miles an hour to try and outrun it. My car was picked up and gently placed in a field. No idea how. Wow. Wow. Mary also. Yeah. Mary also. That must have been terrifying too, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Mary also said another time at work, I knew the baby was in danger and called home. My dad said the house shook. He found her blue, not breathing, did CPR. He says, she said a family ghost saved her life. Wow. That's amazing. Hey, Renee, welcome. We're just talking about miracles tonight. And then Mary said one time on a highway driving behind a car with a gas tanker. Oh, a gas tanker in front. I heard, get off the road now. I ended up three lanes over instantly, and the car in front hit the tanker and exploded. Oh, my God. Oof. Wow. Yikes. Cranky, I love this. She said, my miracle is when I met my husband. He was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh. That's very sweet. I love that. Yep. (laughs) Sherry said she had a daycare, too. And when you do that, your husband never has a vacation day. Oof. So true. Neither do you. Yeah. I went back to daycare twice a week after C-sections because you can't miss or you just lose your families. They just have to go somewhere else. So mm-hmm. I'd have that baby and rest for a few days and bring my daycare kids back. Mm-hmm. My family would be so mad at me for that, but I felt like I had to, I couldn't afford not to, but sure. now I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> stupid, stupid. <laughs> Mary said when she had her heart attack, Four times each, the blockages disappeared on the screen, baffling the cardiologist. I had the heart attack, but they miraculously resolved. Wow. Mm -hmm. Amy said, we had an ice storm, and when I went to leave work, my car wouldn't start. 
So I got a ride home. The next morning, our tree had split and my car would have been in the driveway. It would have been crushed. Oh, wow. wow. Two days later, we went to work on my car and it started right up. No problem. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's see. Hey, good to see you, Joni. Jessica said, when my grandpa passed, I was left in his room with him by myself. He started talking to me, telling me it was okay and not to be upset. I yelled to get mom back in. He said goodbye and passed again. Wow. I attended a death like that where my husband's grandpa died and then came back for a few minutes <laughs> and then died. Yeah. The way he did it was terrifying. And I think some people in the family still have nightmares from it. Jessica, you are sounds much better. Yeah. But be a bit shocking. GB said, I took care of a lady on her passing and I was napping in her room. Her mom, aunt, and one of her dogs came to me in my sleep. They were there to get her. I woke up and told her she then passed. Wow. By the way, do you guys remember several months ago, I had a nurse, a, a nurse that had been getting famous on TikTok on the show, yeah. a hospice person. She shared some of her experiences with us. Mm -hmm. uh, she got her book deal. Oh, you she guys remember did. she was talking about hoping to get a book deal. She got her book deal, which That's is pretty great. exciting. If you didn't watch that episode, go back and find it. It was very fun. But uh, she shares a lot of stories like this from her days in, in hospice. That's so cool. Yeah. Mary said, when my daughter had ectopic pregnancy, I predicted it. And then after surgery, she was close to death. I ended up exposing who I was and did a healing, blew out the hospital lights. I couldn't lose her. Oh, wow. <coughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> GB said my husband falling into the chair was funny. Well, I've laughed about it ever since. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I can only years. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I had my first ultrasound, when I was pregnant with the first baby, and that's the like the intravaginal ultrasound they do, he tried to faint. They're doing the ultrasound. You know, you're young and like, this is super uncomfortable, this kind of ultrasound, you know, and they've got that wand up in there poking around and mm -hmm. the nurse says, oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I look up and she's <laughs> helping Tom into a chair. He's just white. <laughs> like, dude, you are not the one with the wand up that you know what. Come on. <laughs> the nurse was like, oh, honey, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Uh, probably why I ended up having C-sections. It was just a little better. <laughs> yeah, your, your husband couldn't take it. That's funny. Lauren said, a guy I know was out target shooting with his son and accidentally shot himself in the leg. A few days later, while recovering from knee surgery, he had a massive heart attack. Had he not been in the hospital, he would not have survived. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. Camille said, last April, I had a brain aneurysm. Oh, Camille, I'm sorry. Yeah. And a stroke. I laid by myself for nearly 24 hours before I had doctor care. I have zero lasting effects from that April Fool's Day prank that was played on me. Oh, honey, yeah. I'm so glad you're okay. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Lana said, when my first husband was dying from cancer, we had plenty of time to convey his humorous personality. After he passed, we all went to a room in the center. Oh, in the canter. He was Jewish. So we were in the room. Aww. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes, wasn't she great, Lauren? I know. I'm so excited for her that she got yes, her book deal. Yes, that's wonderful. So, that. When Lauren said, when my mom had her hip replaced, my dad went to pick her up and tripped over his own feet in the hallway in the hospital and fell. They took him to the ER and discovered a brain tumor he had no symptoms of. 
Oh, oh my God. Wow. 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 That is amazing. That is so interesting. Wow. Amy Ardry said, my adopted brother is a walking miracle. He got cancer at eight right after he was adopted by another family. Then 24 years later, my family took him in after his adopted parents died. Oh, he was diagnosed again with cancer. Wow. Oh, he and then said, had to juice that. Yeah. He, he then had a blood clot uh, in his lung and wasn't expected to live. He's now almost 100%. Holy wow. moly. Wow. Yeah. He's just supposed to be here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mary said, when my husband was going to have lung surgery, he didn't tell me. I healed him the night before surgery. He went in for pre-op x-rays. Mass was gone. Had to tell the surgeon who I was. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, Lana said, the cantor mentioned his, mentioned his sense of humor. Right as he was mentioning it, the light in the room flashed a few times. We looked down the hall and asked a passing nurse if the lights had flashed anywhere else. She said no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's cool. We experienced a light thing with uh, our cousin Tracy. Well, our cousin Natalie, her husband oh, yeah. died. And quite unexpectedly in his 40s, they were hunting and he just died. And in fact, the details around his death were pretty amazingly miraculous in a lot of ways. They were in an area that doesn't have any service. And she and one of their girls, they had, at the time, their girls were like teenagers. Mm -hmm. And they, she and one, he and one of the girls had got, her, our cousin and one of her daughters, one of the girls had gotten out of the truck to, because they had shot a deer and they were walking up on it to, uh, you know, to dress it and stuff like that. And he was coming down the hill in the truck. And, the truck was in gear and he had a heart attack and slumped over the steering wheel and he should have just barreled right over them where they were at and where the truck was pulling up to. And that truck stopped moving. Yeah. It was still in gear. Natalie yeah. put it in park when she going him down up. a hill, going down a hill. There's no reason why that truck didn't literally just run those two over. But yeah. it didn't. It stopped like it was just blocked by a wall. The motor was revved. And, you know, like, <laughs> it should have shot clear across that canyon, but just didn't. And she got to the truck and reached up and put it in gear or in park and turned the key off and pulled him out and started CPR. Well, there was no service. And so the girls ran clear up the hill to get way up where it was higher to hopefully get service. And miraculously, they did. So they called 911 and they called their grandpa and their grandpa called my dad. And as it turned out, Scott was working in the area. He used to be a diesel mechanic on farms and he was on a farm uh, in that area that day. And they, my dad and Scott had hunted there lots of times. So he was able to tell him where, and he got there. He was the first family member on scene to get there to them. Yeah. Um, and life flight was there at that point and the ambulance made it there and life flight called it. He was gone. There was yeah. no life flight in him, but, um, it was such an incredible miracle that he didn't run them over. I still have no explanation except for that. They were supposed to be here Yeah, because it could have happened. Mm -hmm. It was like there was an invisible wall there preventing that truck from moving any further. Yeah. Amy said, when my dad died, I couldn't get it out of my head. I was pregnant. We had been trying for years. On the day of his funeral, something told me to go get a test. Turned out I was. Oh, Amy. Wow. Jessica, when I had my third child, emergency C-section, my blood pressure was 80 over 40. Oh, and a crash cart by my head. I told God my husband and family wouldn't make it without me. And here I am. Oh, Jessica. That's amazing. So glad you're here. Yeah. Cranky said, I didn't think I was ever going to function again after my mom died. It took me a year and a half to stop being a zombie. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. It just takes what it takes. <laughs> I quit paying our bills. <laughs> just oh, quit doing it. Right. I was in charge of our finances. 
Scott just assumed it was happening. You know, life went on. We were both still working and just doing our regular stuff, you know. And suddenly we start getting like disconnect notices and and late payment notices in the bell. And Scott's like, what is this? Oh, well, I had dug us quite the hole because I had just quit paying bills. I just quit doing anything. So anyway, he he took them over then. It was was a good way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I never took them back, just to be clear. (laughs) I like making money. I hate paying the bills. I'm a cancer. I just want to save it all. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Just let it build up. Don't pay it. Yeah, but I hear you, Frankie. That's that's how, mm-hmm. how that goes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hi, Jaylee. Yeah. Well, what do you say? We've got 19 minutes left. So I thought we would open the floor for a few readings if there's anything you guys need tonight. Sure. Um, so while you're putting any requests up, we wanted to talk about a little guy we know named Tate. Yes. who needs a miracle. So we thought this would be a good time to throw him out there to all of you to help uh, pray for him and send some energy to him and to his mom. So you might know who Tate is. Mm-hmm. If you watch Ellen years ago, she had a little guy on her show named Tate who needed a new heart. Mm-hmm. And Tate, uh, in fact, he's been back to her show quite a few times. She's always called Tate her boyfriend, Ellen's one and only boyfriend, because when mm-hmm. Tate was home with his uh, bad heart and home with his mom every day, they would watch Ellen. And from the time he was like three, he always said Ellen was his girlfriend. He loved Ellen. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a big push around here when Tate needed a heart of people who did a big uh, like you know, media blast towards the Ellen show. And they actually picked up on it. And yeah. They sent producers to their house and did an interview. And then when Tate was well enough, he got to travel to the Ellen show. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he got to be her date for uh, Finding Nemo 2. Oh, right. uh, For the premiere. Uh, They've been amazing to to Tate and his family over the years. Uh, So Tate did get his heart. And he did better for a while, but he has struggled. He really struggled. And... This last year has been really, really tough on Tate. He's a teenager now. Uh, this last year has been really tough on him. Um, though he did get to go to the Christmas dance at, at his high school, which was pretty amazing. And is. they've had a lot of miracles and kindnesses in their family. Tate has, he's lived when he shouldn't have multiple times. It's, he's been an amazing, amazing warrior. Yeah. And his mom, Chrissy, is the most incredible mom and person you just would yeah. ever want to meet. Anyway, so Tate now, and in his next challenge on this path, is he developed a kind of cancer that transplant uh, recipients sometimes get. And for him, it settled in his intestines and colon. And so they were given the impossible choice to do a surgery that could kill him, or this is going to kill him. Yeah. And so this morning, Tate went into surgery. And they removed two enormous masses from his intestines. And he's okay so far. He's resting comfortably. He's out of surgery. He's in a lot of pain, but he's okay. So now the next really big trick is to keep him from getting infected because his immune system is extremely compromised. It's this big balance where all the anti-rejection meds destroy your your immune system. And you got to have that. But then at the same time, you've also got to have, uh, you know, an immune system to not get infections. Right. So they're in a very, very precarious spot here. So I would love, love, love it if you guys would just send a little extra prayer to Tate tonight. Just send a little extra energy. Envision for him being well and being whole and being healthy and getting back to his school and his friends and his life and doing well. He is so strong, Chaley. I'm with you. He is an amazing, amazing person. So we're just asking for one more miracle for Tate. He deserves it. Definitely. Okay. Well, we've got some reading requests here. So let's get to that. Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Christy, Chaley would like a reading. Do you want her to get more specific? Do you want to do something general for her? What do you think? 
Yeah, Taylor, why don't you give us a question if you have one or a life area you'd like to know more about? Yeah. On these kinds of shows where we do quick, like, rapid-fire readings, you're better off to ask something because it it, it takes too long yeah. <laughs> to, to narrow down. Okay, Lana said, I'd like to know if there's anything you can release in my body to help me deal with chronic pain. Is there anything my mom or dad or two sisters have to tell me? Thank you. Actually, do you want to take that? You are so good with chronic pain and energy work. Yeah. I surely will. Let's see. Okay. So, Lana, you have a you have a really strange root chakra, like a strange malfunctioning root chakra. I'm not sure where your pain is at, but this is, so this is in your low back, right at the base of your spine. That part of your energy body is, there we go, very stuck, like almost not moving at all, which is a bad thing when it comes to pain. So I, I'm just going to correct that and balance your chakras. I think you're going to feel a whole lot better. And that will help a lot. So if you want to move on, Katie, I can just finish this work. Okay. All right. Chaley uh, did throw a question out there. She said, uh, love life. She said there was a guy that he seems to have lost interest. Let's take a look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, the first words I heard, babe, were dodge a bullet. <laughs> He's lost interest, but he wasn't the right thing. Um, he was going to be in and out and wishy-washy. And that's not what you want or what you need. Your confidence doesn't need that. And I feel like, unfortunately, there is, uh, you know, that, well, not unfortunately, but, you know, I know it just doesn't feel good when you think you finally got something going here and it just is not. He was going to bust up your heart. So, yep. But let's take a look at love life in general for you. All right, somebody, a past relationship is going to start tapping on you sometime around March. Uh, digitally, you know, a text or a message, somebody that you have dated or at least messed around with the idea of dating. I don't feel like you're going to bite with that one either. I feel like you might kind of go, hmm, and you might be an ex for a reason. Um, I do feel like, however, don't lose hope. <laughs> Stick with me. Because I feel like sometime around April, somebody does come in that is serious. I think there's someone you do not know. This is something brand new. But I really feel like there is someone coming in for you. So, yeah, don't give up hope. But we'll cut that dude loose. He didn't deserve you. He didn't work for this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Lana, I've got that all uh, cleared up and your root chakra functioning uh, the way that it's supposed to. That's going to help a lot. Your vibration was very low and that contributes to pain. Keeping our vibrations high is one of the best things that we can do as people who struggle with chronic pain. Yeah. Okay, Amy said, I've been missing my dad a lot, but I haven't felt him in a while. Would love to hear from him. So I'll take that one. Uh, let's see. Christy Sai said, oh, that's more mediumship. Let's see. Yeah. How about Corin? Corin said, if you have time, I'm having so much trouble thinking clearly enough to get my planning organized where it can be useful to me and just run down an achy and not with it this week. Yeah. Yeah. So Corin, let's do a little clearing for you. Corin, you, or did you want to go? No, go ahead. I'm just going to okay. tune into Amy's dad. Okay. So, Corinne, I feel like one of your big challenges is that you take on so much energy from the people around you. And your vibration gets drugged down from that. And it, it's not a criticism. And it's also not something you can stop doing. It's just a part of who you are. But it does mean that you need you know, regular energy work to clear that energy away because you do get, you get a lot of vibrational debris. So I'm just going to clear, I'm just balancing your chakras and I'm going to clear that debris. Okay. 
Can I move on to Amy while you finish up? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Amy, your dad's so sweet. He really is. And he said that he has been around, but honestly, he said that you've been kind of depressed and low and he feels like he hasn't really been able to kind of, he said, break through the ice. <laughs> I think that's just, you know, get through the fog. I yeah. asked him if he could just come through in a dream and let you really see him, feel him. You know, that you just, you need to have an experience from him. So he said that he would do his best to do that. He does want you to know that he's okay and he is around and that he's sorry. Oh, he's a sweetheart. He said he's sorry that you haven't uh, felt him in a while and he'll try to do better, to come through a little bit better. Yeah. Ugh. The collective energy lately has sucked. I think it's just held a lot of people down. Yeah. Okay, so Lauren said, any messages from loved ones who have passed? I will take that one. Let's see. Oh, let's see. I've got, oh, I can take Jessica. Okay. Jessica, I've had a lot of tingling in my left arm below the elbow. Can you see anything causing that? Let me see, yeah. Jessica. Jessica, do you sit with your elbow? Like on a desk. I feel like something's pinching or compressing in there. Uh, so think about the way that you're sitting. That you're not putting pressure on your elbow. Down on something. Because it feels like that is part of it. But somehow you have a nerve or something. And they're getting compressed. Obviously, you know, you want to see a doctor for that too. Um, but I'm going to run some energy through that. That I do for nerve related things just to help perk up those nerves but definitely watch for that anything that's happening that's putting pressure right there at your elbow like where the nerves are in your elbow um anything you're just doing physically i think uh will help a lot lauren your people <laughs> i had tuned into them and then i kind of like stepped back a little bit because i was just waiting uh for our turn and i had this horrible shiver all the way down my back, which cracked me up because the woman that I keep seeing, there's a few, but I keep seeing this lady that I'm going to say grandma or great grandma, maybe, but she's really assertive and she really wanted my attention. It just makes me laugh because I just had this huge shiver and I thought it's because I was ignoring her. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have that because she really wanted to connect with you. So <laughs> let's go ahead and get her message out here. So much from her about being in charge. She wants you to be in charge. <laughs> okay. Um, she, yeah, she said she wants you to be in charge. And I said, in charge of who? And she said, the family. And I said, okay. And in what sense? And she said, she has good common sense. She knows what she's supposed to do. She needs to be in charge more. Oh, and speak her piece more. Okay. Okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, she wants you to up your assertiveness. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to ask her to also come through in a dream for you so that you can get more of a, a feel for her as well. But, and honestly, Lauren, I hope you do know who I'm talking about because if I were her, if I were you, I would sick her on any situation you have going on that needs some, uh, you know, some ass kicking because she's, uh, she's here for it. <laughs> That's fun. Okay. Sai said, just before joining tonight, I woke up from a nap and my dad was in my dream and invited me to come to his apartment. Does he have a message for me? Oh, like that. oh I'm so glad. I These dreams that people have passed that are, it's about housing are really common. And it's kind of, it's usually a sense of them showing you that they're okay or kind of showing you where they are, you know? Yeah. So I love that. But let me ask Sai if he has anything else he wanted you to know. Well, I can take Aaron. Uh, Aaron, I've got a persistent fear of leaving the house. Uh, please cut the fear cord or give higher perspective advice. Yeah. So go ahead, Katie. I'm going to take a look at Aaron here. Okay. So he cracks me up because he showed me this too, like, like gesturing you. Um, I feel like he really does. I think you'll probably have another dream with him because he really did want to show you something. 
He wanted to show you something. Uh, partly he just wanted you to, to see that he's okay and to just feel him, you know, to just have that time together. But I do feel like he was trying to show you something about what had the way he spends his time now. So I'm just going to ask him to pick that dream back up, let, let you have another one so you can experience that. That seems to be what you need. Nice. Yeah. Aaron, you did have three chords relating to fear around leaving the house. And I did, these are trauma chords. And I did clear those. I would love to work with you more on this. Um, this is an issue that definitely takes more time than what I can do here. I, obviously, you know, what I've done will help, but we need to work on it more. So if you want to do that, go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. You'll see a place where you can click to schedule a time with me. I would love to work on you, work on this on a deeper level. I really think we can solve it. Yeah. Okay. Good. All righty. Let's see. Sorry, I <laughs> I scrolled down and now I got to scroll back up. Okay, Robin said, what about me? Money. Let's tune into money. A couple of things that come up for me for you, Robin, with money. Oh, we didn't talk about who was going to take Robin's question. Uh, I was just figuring you were because you started. So <laughs> I'm waiting right for in. you. <laughs> okay. I feel like, all right. Sorry, Robin. <laughs> just, you know, just go crazy here. The first thing that I saw for you with money is being really sure that everyone else is carrying their weight. If you or supporting anyone else, you know, if you're paying people cell phone bills that are old enough to pay their own, that kind of stuff, that you really start scaling back a little bit on what you do financially for other people. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that looks like. I, I hope that you know what that looks like. But that was the first thing I saw was that you need to clear out any guilt of asking other people to be in charge of their own finances or their own stuff and take a more active role in their financial stuff to give you a break. I feel like you really need that. Um, and a lot of it right now financially, I feel like, is either being able to consolidate or condense some stuff so that you can bring your payment down and just get life, you know, on a better financial keel or just cutting a thing or two out. But I feel like you've really, you've, you've cut, you've cut, you've cut, you know, there's not a lot more to cut out. I feel like this might actually just be about consolidation, but in some way it is about uh, paring down what you, what's going out every month right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, babe. It sucks to have that kind of stuff going on. And this world has made it just harder the last while for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Betty said, I'm not sure who that is. Someone she knows, I guess. Uh, that died I think cancer. she's trying to say Van Jones. Oh, Van Jones who has a, a weekday talk show, I think. Okay, wife died because of cancer, because of the rejection medicine. Yeah, it's actually pretty common, apparently. Yeah, yeah well, it. you know, anytime you're suppressing the immune system, you're just creating risk for other things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Story of our lives, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's see. Eliza said, ooh, Eliza, this is a toughie. This is a tough one, but I'd like to know why one of my dads murdered my mom before he killed himself. I've had two murder suicides in my family, but mm. I'd like his reason. Oh, honey, my God. So sorry. Let's tune into it. Wow. I'm going to call mom up first. She's easier. Yeah. I'm going to work on Sherry, who has swelling in ankles and legs. So, Eliza, your mom wants you to know how sorry she is she left you. That's the first thing she said, how sorry she is. Uh, oh, she said this was not the life that you were supposed to have. And I told her it's not your fault. And obviously, you know, I know you're saying the same thing. It's not your fault. And she said she knows that, but she just, it's not the way it was supposed to be. So I asked her, do we want to? bring him up do we want to just talk to her about it she said no we can we can pull him up oh she said our healing has already happened okay okay that's easy to say on that plane to be honest 
a lot harder to say on this one. Um, all right, so we're going to call him up too. He had talked him in, okay. Um, he had talked himself into believing that uh, there was something to be jealous about. I am guessing from the way he's describing this to me that he was having a mental health episode of some sort. He was way not in his, not in his mind. Um, what he was accusing her of was completely off the wall. She says that, and he says that too. Um, yeah. Or what he thought that uh, he saw, like this was, I, I feel like this was some kind of a serious mental health episode that was happening in him. Mm -hmm. um, he said, all the sorries in the world will never, ever be enough for what you've been through. Though they, your, your parents have found their peace. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Babe, I'm so sorry. Wow. Yes, that's a tough one. And if you ever want to go deeper on that and work on it together, I'll definitely do that with you. Sure. So okay. I did work on uh, Sherry, and I also did work on Trish. Uh, okay. So Sherry, um, so I did reset a cycle of energy that flows from it comes in through your left foot and it comes all the way up to the top of your head and pushes all the way down out your right foot. It's a cycle of energy that repeats itself in your body that was disrupted in you. And so that's what I can do for the swelling. Obviously it could be something medical as well, but I did notice that there was a disruption there that I, that I did fix. Um, Trish, you had an attachment in the back of your neck, uh, thought form attachment. Somebody, you know, had a strong reaction to something that you said, and fired a little arrow at you. I did pull that and clear it and send it back. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. We are just about done, but I wanted to get to Tina. Let's see, Tina, I'm going to try and scroll back up. I did see your question. We just didn't get there. And then we're going to have to be done tonight because we are over time. Yeah. All right. But no, Tina, you're not in the wrong place. We're just... Uh, but you're right that you're, it, I know it's confusing for you guys because you're in two different chats. So some of you are in the Facebook chat and some of you guys are in the YouTube chat. So you're hearing questions or hearing us talk to people oh. that you're not seeing. And I think that's they combine in one place for us. So it's all sometimes. together. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Tina said, my best friend passed away. Is she trying to tell me something? Also, my husband has a doctor's appointment coming up. Do you see anything we should be concerned about? Okay. All right, let's talk about your husband first and then we'll talk to your best friend. Oh no, she says that's not what we're doing. <laughs> oh, Tina. She's something. No, we're doing this first. Okay. <laughs> and I think you posted her name up a little bit higher. Uh, let's see. I'm going to get there. Okay, well, never. oh, Rose, Rosemary, I believe. I, I think that's who you're talking about. But anyway. Not to worry. Let's talk to her first. Okay, I understand. She was she wanted to talk to you about your husband's doctor's appointment. <laughs> she said she actually like grabbed your face. <laughs> and she said, stop worrying. She said, you can't change anything anyway. But she said, stop worrying. He's fine. <laughs> her, her words, her attitude. He's fine. She said, you guys have done the right things. And no, you don't have to worry. It's fine. Okay. Anything else? Because I don't want that to be her whole, uh, if there's anything else she wants to tell you. Um, she wants to talk about your stomach ache. She says, you walk around with a, a pit in your stomach, a stomach ache all the time. Uh, she said, mostly it's just worry. She said, it's not just this. She said, you worry about everything. Um, she just wanted you to know that she will help you to shoulder that. She wants to see that stomach ache go away. She said, she's just really raring to take some of your worries off your plate. So just hand them to her. Tell her. 
what you're thinking about, what you're worrying about. And she said, she will help you and help to shoulder those because she wants that feeling out of your gut. She doesn't like the way it feels. And she loves you. She loves you. And she said, she really misses laughing with you. Yeah. I'm sorry, babe. But in her words, in that grab of your face, stop worrying. Right. I know. A lot easier to say that. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's your sister, Rosemary's your sister. I see. Okay. Well, this was your friend. Okay. Alrighty, you guys. I oh, how did Sorry. I do that? That was oh you did it. <laughs> you didn't do it. I did it. Alrighty, you guys. We do have to go. You're so welcome, sweetheart. Oh, Barbara's heading to the Tucson Gym and Mineral show tomorrow. Yeah, I get a piece of anhydrite. Ooh, yeah. Anhydrite. Now you know the real name, so you won't have trouble finding it. It's one of the things that's hard to find anywhere, and it's so freaking expensive. We call it angelite here in the uh, New Age world, but we actually call it, a uh, geologically, it's anhydrite, and you will pay a fortune for it in other places. But if you buy it from geologists at the Rock and Gem Show and call it anhydrite, it's not that expensive, and it's an amazing crystal. Yes, so that's my bet. That's my bet. Great okay. idea. You're so welcome, Eliza. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yep. All righty, you guys. Oh, Kendi, we, we do this show every Thursday night at 7. Um, mountain. Yep, yep, 7 Mountain. We have other stuff going on all week, too, but 7 p.m. Mountain uh, is the psychic hour. Next week, it'll be the Marching Orders show because it's the first show of the month. So we won't do readings, but we will give uh, general readings for every sign. But we yep. do this every single week. Yep. Yep. We do. All righty, you guys. We've got to do it. That lasagna is going to be boiling over. So right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for being here. This has been the Psychic Hour here on the uh, on True Crime Paranormal. <laughs> Where are we? On True Crime Paranormal. Thanks for being here, guys. Have a good weekend and take care. Thanks, everybody.